Have you wondered about living elsewhere in your retirement? Well, we have almost daily. No, it's not a simple decision, especially when two people are involved. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about retirement destinations. We live in Brooklyn, New York, having grown up and worked in this area of the country. We're hoping to relocate when we're both retired. For us, it's the weather, the chaos, the noise, and the yearning to be near nature and not within three feet of human beings. <laughs> That's right. In February 2020, we embarked on our journey to find that special place. We spent a week in Winter Park, Florida, which is beautiful, but something said it wasn't for us. As we were planning for the next trip, the pandemic arrived. Jean then gave birth. I gave birth? To this podcast. With so many baby boomers retiring, many must be relocating. Why not connect with and learn from them? Here's a little background about us. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney turned podcaster. I recently retired from a university career practicing higher education law. I love the academic environment, but it was time to do something else. I no longer have to set an alarm, drive in BQE traffic, or work with people who don't always share the same principles. Oh, did I just say that? <laughs> you bet I did. I traded all that in to binge crime dramas into the wee hours just a little bit to develop the podcast, to volunteer, practice metalsmithing, tackle our possessions. No regrets so far, Jane. I'm not Asian, and as Gil mentioned, I'm not retired. I'm just plain tired. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I always wanted to leave. I'm a law librarian working in a court who loves his job, but we're retired by the time we select our ideal location. We will be speaking to folks from across the street to across the globe who have moved to their dream venues and more. So please stay tuned and remember, if you know anyone who has moved anywhere for retirement, let us know. Thank you. Hello, all. Today, we chat with Ben and Leslie Redwine, who retired in St. Tammany Parish, Louisiana, which is located 40 minutes from New Orleans on the north shore of Lake Pontchartrain. St. Tammany Parish was named after Tamanend, the legendary Lenape chief of chiefs and the patron saint of America. In 2020, its population was approximately 264,000. Now, why is this place named Parish, you ask? Well, Louisiana was officially Roman Catholic under both France and Spain's rule. And there you have it. The boundaries dividing the territories generally coincided with church parishes. Lake Pontchartrain is an estuary that's 630 square miles. It serves six Louisiana parishes, one and a half million people, connects to the Gulf of Mexico and is the second largest inland saltwater body in the United States. Even more interesting is the Lake Pontchartrain Causeway, which is the longest bridge in the United States and the longest in the world that runs continuously over water. It consists of two parallel bridges crossing Lake Pontchartrain, my favorite new word, with the longer of the two bridges being almost 24 miles long. Whoa. Holy, as a lover of bridges, I found this absolutely fascinating. Still, my favorite bridge in the world is what, Gene? Where do we live? The Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> yes. Then it's the Verrazano, then the Roebling Bridge in Cincinnati, which was designed by John Roebling before the Brooklyn Bridge. And it resembles a mini 
Brooklyn Bridge. Jane? Ben was born and raised in Dell City, Oklahoma. He earned a bachelor's degree in music education from the University of Oklahoma, a master's in music from Louisiana State University, and a doctorate of musical arts from the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. Ben began his career with the U.S. Army Band in Atlanta, Georgia, then won the audition with the U.S. Naval Academy Band in Annapolis, Maryland. Wow. Ben retired from the Navy and thereafter served on the faculty of the Catholic University of America, teaching clarinet and music education for five years. The couple then moved to Louisiana. There he taught music for a year at Southern University in Baton Rouge. Today, he is solely performing in classical and jazz genres. He's a regular performer with the Louisiana Philharmonic and the Baton Rouge Symphony Orchestra. He also created a popular traditional style jazz band, the Red Wine Jazz Band. In 2022, Ben's bands were featured at the historic Dewdrop Jazz and Social Hall and the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, which my sister Daphne goes to every year. By the way, Ben will be performing in Spain this August and September, and his wow. website is redwinejazz.com. By the way, you have a great name for, for a jazz musician. <laughs> ben and Leslie own RJ Music Group, a company which manufactures clarinet mouthpieces, tools for clarinetists and saxophonists to work on reed. Their company also published a couple of books. Ben's interest includes gardening and landscaping their 10-acre property, Wow, 10 acres. We were yeah. about 10 feet in Brooklyn. But anyway, <laughs> there they raise chickens, have a fully stocked pond where they fish and have added solar panels and backup battery system to their home to be largely off-grid. Wow. Wow. You're, you guys are off-grid. That is really cool. Leslie was born in Cincinnati, Ohio and lived in Puerto Rico, Toronto and San Francisco while growing up. She earned a bachelor's in mathematics from Sonoma State University and a master's in mathematics from Louisiana State University. Thereafter, she taught mathematics at LSU, State University of West Georgia, and Prince George's Community College in Maryland, where she ultimately became chair of the math department. Before retiring, she served as head of school of a small independent school in Annapolis. She then studied art at Loyola University in New Orleans and is now a contemporary visual artist, primarily painting in acrylics, but also creating works of paper mache and sculpture. Her interests also include music, lucky for Ben, <laughs> and is an avid gardener. The couple have four grandchildren. I can't believe you, cho you children have grandchildren. These <laughs> three are in Baton Rouge and one in Canton, Georgia. We will list all of the Red Wines creative works in the show notes. No, I didn't say a list of Red Wines, Gene. Oh, my goodness. I, I bet he's <laughs> never heard that one before. Go, go, okay. Go. All right. So, guys, welcome to our show. This is going to be quite the creative, artistic and inspirational episode. Please share with our audience how you landed in St. Tammany Parish. Leslie? Well, it was a point in time where Ben and I had both retired, me from education and Ben from the Navy band in Annapolis. We were looking to get closer to my daughter and her children, and Ben suggested that we make the move to this area. She was not in Baton Rouge at the time, but being in 
Louisiana, where jazz is such an important part of the culture here, was really enticing. So we did some research and found the North Shore, in particular Covington, to be a very strong supporter of the arts, uh, more the visual arts. So we felt that coming here with his music would be a great opportunity to bring both classical and jazz to this community, but also make it close enough for him to get into New Orleans to gig and Baton Rouge, obviously, with the symphony. So it it was uh, multidimensional, both artistically, but also in terms of being closer to family. So Ben's a jazz musician, obviously, and uh, sounds like a great one. Is there a reason you didn't move into New Orleans? Yes. Uh, we have a friend who's a real estate agent in this area, and he suggested finding a property north of Interstate 12, which is, like you say, about 40 miles north of New Orleans for flooding reasons. Uh, we, we don't want to go through a, a Katrina which I'm sure will happen at some point. How did your area do during Katrina? I know you didn't live there, but... Yes, this parish, and I guess to clarify a little bit more on the parish, it's really just like a county in every other Mm -hmm. state. But in this parish, evidently a lot of big historic trees went down in Hurricane Katrina. So Mm -hmm. not so much the flooding, but the wind damage uh, really affected this area. And we love nature, obviously. Our neighbor said that The trees that went down on our property and all those around us either killed or got rid of all the squirrels. So for the first five years we lived here, there were no squirrels. They've started to repopulate. We have six or so running around the property. They're back. They're back. (laughs) I'd say that's a plus. (laughs) But squirrels don't do anything. I mean, it's not their luck. Raccoons. Okay. Okay. That was cute. We have those too. (laughs) I'm sure. Believe it or not, we do too. Yes, I know. I know. So how did you go about finding a home? You have a realtor friend, you said. Did you look to own or rent at the beginning or what did you do? I'm a big believer in home ownership. So we decided we were going to buy a property when we got here and we both loved the garden. So we started looking at our price range and we, it deter- we determined that we could get about 10 acres with a decent wow. sized house. Most of the properties had a second building on the property. So those were kind of our criteria. And so I just looked on the internet and I found this this house, this property. A couple of weeks went by, perhaps. I couldn't find it again. I don't know if they took it off the market or what. Couldn't find it. What was it? Our real estate agent that gave us some comps and it popped back up on the comps. So uh, we, we... I think we had five houses we could look at. And when we flew down from, from the Washington, D.C. area, went around with our real estate agent, we had five houses to see. I think this was the third one we looked at. And we said, you don't need to show us anymore. This is it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, it's it's a fairly modern house. We like modern architecture. My favorite architect is Frank Lloyd Wright. And this looks absolutely nothing like Frank Lloyd Wright's <laughs> buildings, but it's you know, fairly modern, open. It's not a huge house. It's, I think it was 1600 square feet when we bought it and we've added 300 square feet to it, but it's open. It's nice. You have plenty of windows. You can see nature. I love that we are on 10 acres. You can't see any neighbors. It's amazing. Oh, oh that's wow. Right. Um, and it did have the second <laughs> building, which we, is kind of our COVID project. We've been adding on to it to, to put a little mother-in-law suite in there in case we have visitors to come visit and to build a studio for Leslie to paint in. 
Oh, so nice. Wow. And is it a ranch? No. no, which is what I grew up with and was hoping that we would find. But no, it's not. <laughs> so how many floors? Is there a basement? And How many it's bedrooms? Two. No basements in Louisiana. And, yeah, that uh, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. too wet. We have two bedrooms and I guess you'd call it one and three quarter baths. The downstairs has a bath and a shower Okay, and a loft, a nice size kitchen, a big dining room table we built to go, <laughs> go into the dining rooms because we like to cook and we like to eat. And we like yeah. to have friends over to do both. Sounds great. So, it sounds and great. two big decks that look out over the pond, yeah. both on the second story and the first story, which are very nice. And then when we added that 300 square feet on, we also added a fairly large, I can't remember the square footage, but um, a fairly large screened in porch. Oh, uh, nice. Which is probably our favorite room in the house. Okay. <laughs> nice. So that was an add on as well, the screened in porch. Okay. Not just putting And, it and did you say the name of your town is Covington? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Can you give us an idea of the price range of the area and so forth? That's a really difficult question in Louisiana in general, but in particular here. So we're out in the country. And so the prices here seem to be all over the map. And you might have very expensive homes on, you know, on a large tract of land. And then you might have something like ours, which was basically, you know, a I don't know how you describe it. A builder who owned the property put everything together. And I, I think it was done, you know, for him. And so that was at the lower end. But if you get into downtown Covington, for example, there are a lot of historic homes. It depends on whether you're in the uh, more rural area where we are. We're actually in an unincorporated area of, mm-hmm. of Covington. Okay. Uh, so if you're in the town of Covington, then the prices are probably considerably higher and higher taxes and higher taxes. Yes. Uh-huh. Give you some sense. Um, before we decided to move here, our long term plan was to get a condo in Washington, DC and a country property out in West Virginia. Mm. We did the country property in West Virginia, built a little cabin and then uh, started looking at prices in DC and it, they were just mm. exorbitant. <laughs> yeah. That uh, yeah. that property drop that happened didn't happen in Washington D.C. <laughs> no, uh, no. So we got this property for about a third of the price of a typical condo. Wow. In- wow. So just to give a framework, when you say in Louisiana or just in your area, when we say high end, is that a million? Is that three quarters of a million? Five hundred? You know, I mean, just to give us a general sense. And I assume rural could be there depending on the size of the home. Right. Right. And the property. The I think those historic homes in Covington, downtown Covington, would probably go for about a million. Okay. Would be my guess. Oh, wow. And then, of course, if you get into New Orleans, some of those huge properties oh, could yeah. be 13 million. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So can you get a house in your area, whether it be in the rural area or the, the downtown Covington? Can you get a decent house or under under four hundred thousand dollars these days? Oh, yes. Oh, you can. Definitely. Yeah. So oh, okay. probably between three and four hundred, you'd say? I would say on the low end, something you would want to live in, you could probably get for about one hundred and twenty five. Oh, wow. Without, Without much, much work. Oh, Without Les- much Leslie's shaking her head. Well, it would be a very small house. Uh, it would be a very small property. But yeah, I think. But for Leslie, for 200, you could probably get something. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And we're not yeah. talking about a fixer upper, though. Or are we? No, no. I think, I. you know, 
I think it also depends on, are you looking for a tract home in a neighborhood where they put up a bunch of them? Or are you looking for, you know, a house on a small lot that you just build? I think you could probably get something nice and comfortable to live in for 200 yeah. mm, okay. Wow. Okay, that's good that's to know. That's great, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned taxes, Ben. What are the taxes like? So um, we discovered that, and I think seven acres is the cutoff. If you have seven acres or more, you qualify for an agricultural tax break. And so our taxes are quite low. For this property, they're, what is it, $1,300 a year? Wow. Nice. uh, But so basically two acres of our property are taxed at a residential rate and the other eight are taxed at an agricultural rate. Wow. And then you said that's because you have more than seven acres? Yes. And it's because we are a a treed property. It's covered with trees mostly. So the idea is to keep as much of it agricultural. And do you have to show evidence of that, such as, you know, you have chickens and animals? Is that part of that test, if you will? We did not have to show any. Oh, oh so <laughs> my, my guess is they do look at Google Earth and verify that way is probably the easiest way. Uh, maybe they have drones. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. Okay, but that's a smart way to go. You know, I mean, yeah. I love a lot more land and a lot more trees. And if you're going to get that break, it's an incentive. Okay, yeah, most definitely. All right. So, what's the cost of living like in your neck of the woods? Since COVID, it's been really hard mm-hmm. to keep track of things. To be honest with you, yeah. I feel like right now it's it's um, when you talk about cost of living, it's gone up everywhere. You know. With, yeah building costs and food costs. So, and our, our sales taxes here are quite high. Oh, wow. um, 9%. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the sales tax will get you, you know, I'll be honest with you. I didn't notice a big difference when we came here, except on big ticket items, maybe. I actually noticed right when we Appliances. moved Appliances. I actually noticed right when we moved here that meat and fish were much cheaper than in Maryland and what in D.C., so I don't oh know wow! If it's gauge or not, but and I don't know yeah. if it's this, if it's the same now or not. I don't know. I I always tend to think that if you're moving from a higher cost venue and you go to a lower cost, you're not going to feel it so much as if it was the reverse, right? So I, I, I could see that being being tougher. Although people who have moved to places like Mexico or overseas, they're like, oh my god, what a huge difference! You know, we're paying twenty a month for internet, and we're like, whoa, right? So. <laughs> Yeah. What about things like that? Or or even the utilities, gas, electric? Did you find any? So so this is part of the reason why it's hard for us to answer this question, because we have a well on our Ah, property, so we don't pay for city water. Mm -hmm. We have solar panels and Mm -hmm. a backup battery. So we we minimize our electrical costs. Mm -hmm. So really what we're paying for is internet and what? Gas. We we have a, a tank that they fill, a propane tank. That's yes. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so that's for heating and cooking and water, I suppose. The hot, heating, the heating. Yeah, heating's electric. Cooking is gas. Our uh, hot water heater is gas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think everything else is electric, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the solar panels, does the state give you a break when you buy those? The federal government did, and the state was supposed to, but that program ran out of money before we bought them. <laughs> oh, so my we goodness. We get to enjoy that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. What is the cost of internet, would you say? You do it automatically out of the uh, credit card. So 
I want. Um, oh, oh, I do. I get a text about it. It's, um, but this includes two cell phones okay. and our internet service. Ah. And television, mm-hmm. so that was one hundred and forty-three dollars a month. Oh, that's oh, okay. good. Okay, yeah, that is good considering the. Phone. That's good. Yeah. Let's talk about healthcare, and don't say, "Oh, you know, nothing beats Washington D.C." Let Let's not do that. <laughs> was healthcare a concern? Uh, what's close to you? What's available? Well, because Ben it was in the military, we have been covered by his military insurance. Sure. Really, what we had to look for were uh, quality doctors in this area who provide services for uh, TRICARE is yes, the, yes. Um, system. And we've been very happy with the health care uh, we've received here. So we've, we've had, you know, basically normal health maintenance. But I did have a couple of situations which were more emergent, I guess, and I, we both felt like we had really good quality care. The St. Tammany hospital system is one that we're, most of our doctors are, are participants in, and it's great. It's been very good. And you didn't have to wait any specific time to get on board? Not at all. Not at all. Great. It's been great. great. Yeah, we hear that TRICARE system is amazing. We've interviewed other former military, and it's it's hard to beat, right? Yes. Okay. What about things like dental care and eye care? Is that part of that system as well? It's an add-on, but in that system, yes. Okay. And you haven't found any difficulty in locating these specialists for anything? No. We're, we're pretty wow. healthy, so we haven't really tested it yes. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's been fine. Okay. All right. All right. What about when you want to get away from there? How far is the airport? Everything's about an hour, but... When we lived in the D.C. area, if you had to go five miles, sometimes it was an hour. So <laughs> we live in Brooklyn, so we can relate to that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But which airport are you closest to? New Orleans. The- okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay, Gene. I think we're done with the show. No, just kidding. No, just kidding. <laughs> All right. Now, now to something fun. Okay. Food, Louisiana food. Ooh. So if I lived there, I'd have a lot of trouble just. I can't keep away from that stuff. How do you find the food? Do you cook mostly? Do you go out to eat? Is it, can you find inexpensive restaurants? We know they have expensive ones there, but can you find inexpensive restaurants? So <laughs> I love to cook. Uh, and I love to cook in all different styles. But, um, but I did when I was living in California before I moved to Louisiana to go to grad school. Uh, my next door neighbor was from Louisiana. And so she kind of schooled me in cooking Louisiana style, which is, that's a really broad statement, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. There's Cajun, Creole, you name it. But so we eat in a lot and we enjoy it. And and pre-COVID, we, I think our first event, we set up tables outside and put tablecloths out and had a beautiful outdoor dinner for a bunch of people that we have met and become friends with. And it was just wonderful. So, uh, but we have to wait for the right weather for that. <laughs> yeah. It's not happening right now. It's too hot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. New Orleans, you know, Covington has a lot of great restaurants. New Orleans is, is great for food. They've yeah. got not just Cajun food or New Orleans style food, but you name it. There are great chefs in that town Mm -hmm. and you can find everything from food truck to a very nice 
high-end restaurant. So you, you've got it all. Okay, okay. so I have I, a separate I, question. Wait, I'd say Ben's a lucky guy. Oh, yeah. He's a lucky guy. She loves yeah. to cook. Oh. oh, my goodness. I know. I know. <laughs> I didn't fall into such. I, a, I was going to say honestly, even in the high-end restaurants, Leslie cooks better than anything we eat out anywhere. Oh uh, my goodness! Oh, look, at him. Only, this... look at him browning up, browning up. The yeah, only advantage is that we don't we don't have to clean up before. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Leslie, let me ask you: Do you use the seasoning "slap your mama"? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because one of my best friends, she's from Louisiana and she brought back a big jar for me and then, um, we liked it and she brought a jar back for our son. He actually packed it in his suitcase oh, right. and yeah, he was going to Buffalo, um, university oh, for school at the time, yeah. and they asked him, security pulled him aside, had him open the container because yeah, they, they thought this. it so was what something is like yeah. gunpowder. <laughs> and and he's like, why did you give me that stuff? <laughs> and, and we're like, well, that stuff is amazing. And we hear that it's, you know, it's really amazing for cooking. If so. the TSA agent had smelled it, might have thought it was uh, some kind of a, a, a chemical agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Quite strong. It's strong. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. strong. All right. What kind of activities is available for someone new coming to that area? We know you're into the arts, so we've got all that. But what other things are available in terms, including outdoor activities? Well, there's they call Louisiana's motto or saying is the sportsman's paradise, I think. There are wonderful parks, uh, bayous where you can go hiking and kayaking, taking Riverboat tours. Right here in St. Tammany Parish, there's uh, a bicycle. They call it a trace. And it goes from, I don't remember where it starts. Is it Covington? Mm -hmm. And it goes through Mandeville and Madisonville and goes down to Lake Pontchartrain. So it's something like 48-mile bike ride. And uh, we haven't done it yet, but uh, some of our friends do it quite often. And it's uh, supposedly very nice. Does it go through many roads or not? A, a few, but they're, I, don't, I haven't heard of any. They've been, Accidents, so. yeah, they've been doing, um, they've been doing construction. They just reopened a section to keep it completely off the road. So there are a couple of places you have to cross an intersection, but there's a light at those places. So oh, nice. it should be fairly safe, but it's a great place to go. And it, it runs right by the Abita Brewery. <laughs> when we finally do it, we'll just take our bike down there and, yeah. and sure. have a little afternoon. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And right. I'm assuming there's a lot of hiking with all the... There, there is. I will say this is not a very uh, mountainous area that would be in the northwest uh, part of the state, but here uh, it's more low lying. But we happen to be in a fairly hilly area, and there's a, a nice bayou and a river that you can hike along. And we like to walk as opposed to hiking necessarily. Not, not that we object to that, but there's not a lot of hills here. <clears throat> St. Francisville, which is just oh, about an hour, hour and 15 minute, hour and 45 minute ride from here is in the Tunica Hills, and there's a lot of hiking out there. It's just beautiful. So how far away is that? That's almost two hours. Oh, okay, okay. I have a question for Ben. Since you're a jazz musician, during Jazz Fest, do you ever get any sleep, or is it, are you playing both weekends? Do you play the middle of the week? I know they have shows, too. So this year was my first year to play there, and ah, uh, right. I played uh, two times, 
and they happened to be back to back days. So I, I only went one weekend. The sleep was pretty good, although <laughs> I actually brought my band from Washington D.C. down to play. Wow! And I booked us way too many gigs while they were here. We played <laughs> I don't know six gigs really? in five days. I'm like it was crazy. Oh my, oh my goodness. <laughs> Well, that's good. I mean, that's great. You do you consider yourselves retired? I mean, you're active but different, right? You're not doing the old job. So, semi retired. Yeah, tell us about what your days are like now that you're quote unquote semi retired, I guess. <laughs> well, I can honestly say that I start my day every day with a cup of coffee brought to me in bed by my husband. Oh, wow. I good. Leslie, don't give her any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going well, girl. Well, well, she makes she makes him a meal uh, every night. Oh, that's, that's the true. Least. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> this is so we love to do crossword puzzles, New York Times crossword puzzles. So mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, not so much. They're right. too easy. easy Wednesday, yeah. we start getting into it. So we might <laughs> do that right now because it's so hot. During the day, we try to have a cup of coffee or two and get outside and do anything we want to do outside before uh, it gets too miserable. And so we garden. I like to paint. So I go upstairs and paint, but there's no schedule. So it's great. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. What what grows well there? You like the gardening. What grows well that you like? For us, gardening has always been an experiment kind of. You never know what's going to work and what isn't going to work. Yep, so I we agree. have our kitchen garden, which is, you know, vegetables. So all the heat loving plants do very well here. And the cool weather crops do well too, but we're still learning the timing on these things. So we haven't had as great of success as we had in Maryland after all those years, but we do that. And then you want to talk about our gardens we've made? So we put in a, I'm looking right now at the the citrus grove. So we have um, six citrus trees on this side of the property and then another five or six on the other side of the property. And we had a kind of a funny mail order persimmon tree story and we ended up with five of them so we have five persimmon trees a couple of plum trees some apple trees figs figs nice uh, uh, bananas wow uh, yeah you know partially tropical yeah yeah yeah. Uh, what leslie didn't mention is that it the summer is so hot here that we really have two summer seasons so we have a couple of months in the spring going into summer where you can grow tomatoes and then they don't produce anymore for a while. And then you plant a second crop and they'll produce in through November. So wow. uh, kind of an interesting thing. We're like, she said, we're just now kind of yeah. grasping how to, yeah. to, uh, to do that with the vegetables. Yeah. But it's I mean, lush. Like we have a lot of the subtropical plants, like the elephant ears and the more, the things that you're accustomed to seeing in, landscaping journals and stuff. So we've got the ferns and the mm. elephant ears and ginger, ginger, ginger oh, flowers. Nice. They smell lovely. So we built a pavilion out near the citrus garden that we put brick down and we built a big table and we can eat outside there. And it's in a very comfortable area of the garden and you're just surrounded by all these trees and all these subtropicals. So it's very nice. Wow. So this is quite different from Maryland, I would say. I mean, it's almost 180, right? With the poultry and all the other, no? No, we had the chickens there. Oh, you did? (laughs) Okay. Okay. I wasn't aware. But Maryland can get 
quite hot. I mean, D.C. can get quite hot. How would you describe Louisiana or where you are, Covington's weather year-round? It gets hot earlier and it stays hot for a much longer period of time. And this year we've had a few hundred degree days here. But what I noticed was um, the year that we moved from Maryland to Louisiana, the year prior in Maryland, had we had 31 days in a row of 100 degree weather one that, that summer. Until this year, I don't think we've had a 100 degree day here. So oh, it doesn't get gosh. quite as hot. But it's okay. very humid and it's very, it gets, you know, in the high 90s. So mm-hmm. uh, it is very hot and it just stays hot for a long time. And what about the winter? Yeah. The year we moved here, we had four inches of snow. <laughs> we haven't had snow since. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? I was going to say that's unusual, right? Okay. So yeah. what, are the, what are the winter temps? What do they run? Um, well, I believe because of the humidity, it feels really cold, even though it may only be in the 40s or something like that. So we have a wood burning stove in the house and we, Crank that up for about two and a half months, and then you don't need it anymore. Then you need air conditioning year round. <laughs> so it um, it did get down into the twenties, oh. but generally I wouldn't say forties. Yeah, occasionally thirties, but forties, but it's sporadic. So, for example, you could have a freezing cold day, and then on Christmas you might be wearing your shorts. Oh. Okay. Okay. So you kept all your wardrobe, basically. Your move yeah. in terms of okay, <laughs> bingo. All right. How how was that decluttering, if you will, moving from all those years, you know, from your original home? It was incredibly freeing. It was great to get rid of a lot of stuff. Was it difficult? Was there any, or was it? Are you guys very easygoing? Like chuck that, chuck that, chuck that. I think the hard thing for me is, well, books. We had a lot of books Mm -hmm. and I love books. So I didn't want to get rid of books, but I did pare them down. And finally, we gave them to a place that you can do it consignment. We just gave them all to them. Oh, nice. Most of my clothes were professional clothes. So they've been just sort of drifting away and I'm (laughs) glad to see them go. You mentioned that your dad gave you the brass or copper so did you have many of those? And Well, we should identify that for the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are copper or brass bowls and pans and so on. And he gave yeah, you one. So we, mm-hmm. I think when it comes to art in the house, we kept everything. The pieces that we have, we, we like and we want to keep. So it was more just the kinds of things that you accumulate over time. You don't even know why you keep them. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we had uh, garage sales and then finally just got rid of stuff. Okay. It's easier for me to get rid of things than for Ben. Ben likes to keep things. Ah, Ben, that's why you're quiet. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. A lot of musical related stuff. What about that painting behind your head? That's beautiful. Did you paint that, Leslie? The larger one? I did not. That is a print. A dear friend of ours named Barbara Bickley Stevens made that, and she's well-known printmaker in the D.C. area. She was part of the Washington Printmakers Gallery. Anyway, we've got three of her pieces, and I just love her work, and this one just stunned me when I yeah. saw it. I yeah. just, That's it's beautiful. And I'm Thank talking you. about that smaller square one too. That's really Leslie cool. painted that. Oh, oh. Ooh, nice. Very that nice, was yeah. my very first oh. uh, painting, my very first still life. Wow. <laughs> no, really? That's great. That's your yes. first? Wow. Yes. <laughs> it's beautiful. And, and, no, it's beautiful. Yeah, and I love the tone. It's beautiful. You know. 
talking about painting, are there a lot of places where you can go and get painting lessons or ceramic lessons around? Are there a lot of artists around? There are, mainly in New Orleans. I loved uh, being able to take the classes. Actually, my classes at Loyola were fully paid for because Ben did not use up all of his military education benefits. And he was able to sign them over to me. So I got a year of classes wherever I wanted. So it was wonderful. Yeah, I'll bet. I wish we were not always busy with so many different things because I would probably go down and partake in more of the, you know, drawing classes with the sitting artists and so forth. I really enjoyed that when I yeah. took that class. But, yeah, uh, that. but it does, t- it takes a lot of time. And so at this point in time, we're still trying to get this place in shape. So, well, you know, we can't tell from the room that you're in and maybe yeah. that's why you selected that room, but you know, we don't know. <laughs> so Ben, I assume you've been all, all over the world in the Navy band. Is that right? Well, every military band has a little different job and the Naval Academy was mainly uh, to support the Naval Academy. So we did not travel a whole lot ah. in the Navy, but um, throughout the years, Les and I love to travel. So um, we've, We've been to uh, privately to, uh, you know, to Europe, to uh, China, China, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexico. Cool. Yeah. So and when we went to Brazil, it was part of uh, recruiting for uh, when I was teaching at Southern University here in, in Baton Rouge. So I got to play concerts while we also got to sightsee. And that was really a cool way to uh, yeah. to vacation, if you will. And so we're doing that again in Spain this month. We're looking nice. forward to that. Wow. Very nice. <laughs> well, I was born in Sao Paulo. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I was five and a half when we came here. So I don't know. Fala Portuguese. <laughs> Very cool. As we wrap up, you guys have given us a lot of information and we appreciate your time. Are there any words of wisdom that you'd like to leave with our audience about relocating during retirement? Keep all your options open. The, the world is a great place. And I, I think you just try different places and, and make it work for you, you know? Ben, any words of wisdom? Well, I have always called New Orleans the United States' most interesting city. But don't move here if you don't like the heat. <laughs> <laughs> it, well New, said. New Orleans is so interesting because it's so not a Disneyland. It's a real place. You know, some yeah. of these cities you go and parts of them, even New York parts of them are, are sort of like a Disneyland. It's just an incredible place. Yeah. yeah we've always had a good time. Yeah. Glad to know you've been here. That's great. Yes, <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for all the good stuff that you've shared. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for having us. We've yeah. really enjoyed that. Okay. Thank you so thank much. You. We really Take appreciate care. it. Have a good evening. Bye. 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 <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well.